This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Goodbye baseball, a walk-off winner for Mitch Hattiger. Swing, line, drive, this game is over! Goodbye baseball, Mitch Hattiger ties it up here in the bottom of the ninth inning. James Paxton has just thrown a no-hitter. The big lefty is getting mobbed out of the Now, mound. here's your host, Gary Hill. Hey, welcome back. Hope you're having a good Friday here as the Mariners get set to take on the Astros. Three games left in this series. What a way to start last night. We have a ton to dive into. What was a wild and very unexpected game last night in Houston. I guess when you have Paxson and Verlander going at it, you don't necessarily think the game is going to end 8-6, to six, and that's exactly what happened with some huge offensive fireworks along the way. Mariners hit for the cycle as a team. The reverse cycle, the first four batters. First time that's ever happened, which is amazing. 8-6, to six, the Mariners get the win. Also here, a fun conversation coming up. Shannon Dreher, a chance to sit down with Gene Segura, who had a big hand in what went on last night against the Astros. So let's dive into it. Verlander on the Hill, who's been ridiculous this year, certainly one of the front runners for the American League Cy Young Award. Mariners shake up the lineup a little bit. Mitch Hanniger batting at the top, leading off for the first time in his major league career. So, of course, this is what happens. The windup and the 1-1 pitch. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to left field. Going and going, and this one is gone. Goodbye, baseball. Below the railroad track, up there in left center field, above the garage doors where the Mariner bullpen is located, Mitch Hanniger on the third pitch from Justin Verlander. Skies one out of here to left center field, his 19th home run of the season. And just like that, the Mariners lead the Astros one to nothing. I think Mitch likes hitting in the leadoff spot. Sonar Span would follow with a triple. So have your home run, you have your triple, and then Gene Segura would come up with a double. The one-two pitch, swinging a fly ball into right field, and backing up is Kemp, still backing up. This one is going to be on the track and bounces over the wall in right field for a ground rule double. That will score Span from third, and the Mariners have a 2-0 lead off of Justin Verlander here in the top half of the first inning. Segura with a double and a run batted in. And now the Mariners only need a single right here to hit for the cycle as a team. Yeah, there you go. And Nelson Cruz would get that single. The 0-2 to Nelly. Swing and a line drive base hit into left center field. Segura, Ronnie third, being waved in by Scott Brocious. Up of the ball is Marisnik. The throw into second base. An RBI single for Nelson Cruz. Scores Gene Segura. The Mariners have a 3-0 lead. And as a team, the Mariners have hit for the cycle 
with the first four batters off of Justin Verlander here in the first. Hanager a home run. Span a triple. Segura with an RBI double. Nelly Cruz with an RBI single. 3 nothing Mariners lead, and there's nobody out here in the top of the first. What a start against Verlander. Yeah, great start. Three on the board in the first, and they kept on cooking in the second. The 2-2 on the way to Span. Swing and a well-hit ball deep to right field. Going and going. Goodbye, baseball. Denard Span with a two-run home run, his ninth home run of the season. And it's now the Mariners five and the Astros nothing off of Verlander. And we're only in the second. What a break for the Mariners. Verlander called for the balk. It would have been out number three. And Span comes through with a two-run home run. Wow. Yeah, how about back-to-back? The windup and the 2-2 to Gene. Swing and a well-hit ball into left field. This one is going and going. Goodbye, baseball. Into the Crawford boxes. Over the out-of-town scoreboard and left Gene Segura with his ninth home run of the year as Span and Segura go back-to-back here in the top half of the second. Gene, Gene, the hitting machine. Two for two tonight with a double and a home run and a couple of runs batted in. And it's now the Mariners six and the Astros nothing. And again, we are only in the top half of the second inning. Wow. Yeah, Verlander gives up six earned in two innings of work. Seven hits, the most earned runs he's given up in a start this year. Three home runs allowed, all on 52 pitches from Verlander. Coming into the game yesterday, there had been three players with multi-extra base hits in a game against Verlander this season. The Mariners had three players do it yesterday against Verlander. As his ERA rises to 2-5-0, he's been dominant this year, but the Mariners get to him. Paxton, who has dominated the Astros this year, gives up four earned runs, five and two-thirds innings thrown. Bullpen holds on, especially Colome, who was outstanding. Diaz gives up a home run, but... Corrales his 43rd save, and the Mariners beat the Astros in game one of the series, 8-6 to six the final score. Big win for the M's with the Oakland A's idle. The Mariners take a half game from the A's. They also gain a game on the Astros, so seven games back in the division. And now back to two and a half behind the Oakland A's. Doesn't get much easier tonight as the Mariners will face another Cy Young Award candidate. We'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But first, how about Scott Service, his thoughts on last night? Great night offensively. Uh, our guys got out after it early. You know, sometimes uh, starting pitchers can be most vulnerable in that first inning, and, and we jumped on them early. You know, Hanny had a great night, D-span. Um, Segura was all fired up tonight, uh, hitting in the three-hole. So it was a nice night offensively, and, and we were able to hold on. It was great. It was that one on a permit. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But no, it, it's uh, the guys liked it. I think kind of mixing it up. It was fresh, and uh, you know, certainly um, it paid off tonight. We were right on uh, Verlander early in the ball game, and uh, that's when you got to get him. So you get him early, and then also be able to add on two in the sixth inning. That was big too. It, it was. You know, guys didn't, didn't back off tonight. Uh, again, you know, Hanniger had the big night, but all the guys at the top, and then you know, we got some. Guys getting on base at the bottom, which is going to be really important uh, that they continue to do that and create opportunities uh, for the entire lineup. So, uh, you know, good way to start the series. Uh, you know, hopefully get a little momentum going here. I thought Paxton tonight, uh, you know, 
maybe not as sharp as we've seen him uh, in the past. The, the pitch count got up there a little bit. And, you know, I, I thought late in the game he started just to, to let it rip a little bit, let it eat. Uh, he's probably a little bit more effective there, but it was an opportunity to let him run, try to get through the sixth. Uh, unfortunately, he wasn't able to do it, but Vinny did a nice job picking him up. We haven't seen you do the mound visit without taking the pitcher out very much of it all this year. What, what were you looking for there? Well, I think there's certain points in the game, you know, Mel was going to head out, and, and, you know, I think it's good for, you know, I talked to Pax uh, between innings. He wasn't feeling great tonight, uh, you know, just getting through the fifth and, and kind of let him know, you know, where we're at and really make sure where he was at. And, you know, sometimes you just want to go out there and look him in the eye and let him know. And uh, I thought he went right after. Kemp, Kemp had a great at bat. You know, it's not like he, he smoked a ball, but he really did foul off some tough pitches, and you know, I got to give him credit there. But, you know, Got to give those guys a chance to, to finish off the inning. And tonight, I thought Pax had enough; just wasn't quite able to get it done. The column has been absolutely just vital for you guys. The has been huge. Yeah, Alex is throwing the ball great. Um, not ideal, you know, to, to have the up down where you get the four or five outs for him. But some nights it, it just calls for it. You know, where we're at in the ball game tonight. You know, again, uh, Zach Duke actually made some really good pitches on Reddick. Um, you know, we got the matchup we wanted there. He wish I was able to put him away. Reddick had found some tough pitches off, but, you know, Colomay was able to pick us up after that. It's good that the buck on his turn out to be pretty big for Orlando. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, he could have been out of the inning, and then we tacked on three runs after that. Um, you know, it's just one of those calls. We also, Paxson had the guy struck out. White struck out in the sixth inning. Uh, <laughs> you know, he did not tick the ball, and the umpire's calling first base. So, you know, it goes it goes both ways, and it ended up costing us two runs. If you look at it, you know, we should have been out of that inning. So uh, I hate to say it, but it's baseball. You don't get all the calls your way. Once in a while you need to go your way. But, you know, it was a big one. Uh, the, the ball kept the inning alive, obviously. Paxson now 4-0 against Astros this year. All your four wins, Paxson on the mound. I don't know if you notice or explain something or notice something with him being you know, rising up to the challenge against these guys. Well, he's got good stuff. They got a good offensive team, no doubt. Um, he will challenge. He will go after you. And uh, you know, I think that's the big thing. You know, he had that the one leadoff walk tonight, which scored. But other than that, I mean, Pax is going to go right after. And you know, he's got the stuff that to challenge a ball club like this. So, hope it continues. We're going to play the Astros a lot. That was you admitted that was as down as the clubhouse has been in a while to bounce back like this. That you had to be happy with the energy as well. I was, yeah. I think our guys, uh, you know, just talking to a bunch of them today, uh, get a feel where they're at. Uh, not so much physically, but mentally, you know, because I think some of the mistakes and things that have happened over in the Texas series was a little bit more just not in tune. We needed to play a good ball game and get away from the result. Uh, we played a good game. I thought I liked our chances, which we did. I thought we played a really nice game. So, um, and let's let's focus on just playing good baseball and then see what happens after that. It's hard not to notice uh, Felix went out to the bullpen all the game. Yeah, um, I had an opportunity to, to sit down with Felix later today. Um, you know, after we had met earlier and uh, explained to them that uh, explained to him that you know I thought it was best for him in the ball club at this point um, for him to slide to the bullpen um, and. You know, there's there's been a lot going on with Felix. I think a lot of you know pressure, whatever you call it, everybody's expectations, where it's at. He's done an unbelievable job as a Mariner, uh, and certainly don't take any of this lightly. But I just think trying to make the best decisions for the ball club and really the best decision for Felix at this point. But just take a breath, step back, gather yourself. I still think there's a chance, you know, possibly, you know, he'll let us know. Um, you know, how he performs out there, but, you know, could get back into the rotation. But for right now, where our ball club's at, just to kind of let him take a deep breath and then go from there. So uh, he, he will be in the bullpen as of now. How was that a difficult conversation? Very, very difficult. You know, I certainly respect 
you know, him and everything he's done here uh, throughout his career. But, you know, uh, these things happen, and ultimately it's about the team. Um, and, you know, it's, it's never easy. But, again, hopefully he, he takes it the right way. Um, you know, he'll get a chance to pitch at, at some point down there, and, you know, maybe he can work his way back into the rotation. But we'll see. You know, he'll, he'll let us know on that. Yeah, that was obviously a big story from yesterday. Felix Hernandez walking to the bullpen um, with Edwin Diaz early in the ball game. So that's a story we'll obviously be following here in the next few days, the next few weeks, as Felix has moved to the bullpen. They'll need a starter for Sunday now. That's TBA for the finale of this series in Houston before heading to Oakland. Yesterday, Mitch Hanniger, four hits, four for five, a couple of ribbies, a couple of doubles, a homer span, three for three. He drove in three, also walked. Segura, three for five. A couple of runs scored, a couple of RBIs. The offense ignited. And they'll have their work cut out for them again tonight as the Mariners will face Garrett Cole, who's just been fabulous this year. Fifth in the American League in ERA, fourth in strikeouts. Already 202 strikeouts. His first strikeout tonight will be his career high, which is pretty remarkable. This is still in August. Uh, against the Mariners this year, he's pitched a couple of times. He blanked the Mariners in April in seven innings, gave up two earned last time facing Paxton, and the Mariners won that game 2-0. Mariners got him for two and six and two-thirds, but he's just been dominant this year. Really, no matter how you slice it up in terms of what he's been using, whether it's his curveball, his slider, his changeup, which he doesn't use as much anymore compared to what he's done previously is four seamers been dynamite. He has just been outstanding. Mike Leak will get the ball for the Mariners in this one. He's really been on a good roll. You look back coming into his start May twenty second against the A's. He had a six point zero zero ERA in his first nine to start the year. Opponents are batting over three hundred against him. He'd walk sixteen at that point, which is surprising. And nine starts for Mike Leak. But since then, in 14 starts, an ERA of 3-1-1 and just 13 walks along the way in those 14 starts and 52 strikeouts, he has really been incredibly steady for the Mariners during that time span, one of the best ground ball rates in the American League. And he'll need to pitch well as the Mariners will face Garrett Cole and the Astros tonight in Game 2. A chance to guarantee themselves a split with a win tonight over the Houston Astros. Before we get into a conversation with Gene Segura, why don't we hear from Denard Spann after the game last night? Thank you, Rick. I'm down here with Denard Spann, who was part of that 1-2-3 that went 10 for 13, six runs scored, seven RBIs. Uh, you had the home run. Uh, just what got into you guys at the top of the lineup today? I have no idea. You know, Skip wanted to uh, shake it up today, and... Um, worked out tonight you know we uh started off with Hanniger um setting the tone hitting that home run and um from there on you know we just follow suit and um it's a good all good all around win um for, for everybody we've seen the team on the other side do that Springer's a guy that can ambush a pitch in that first at bat too yeah. how does that set the tone when you see that yeah I mean uh you see other teams doing it you know they're, they're putting um you know power hitters at the leadoff spot but um neat thing about uh, Mitch he also can get on base and draw walks and um, but yeah, you, you, you're seeing it around. The, you're seeing it around the league where um, you know, other teams are doing it, and um, you know, just get right into the into the meat of the lineup from 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 the first batter. 
Very different, I would think, from what you guys were planning. I talked to Gene Segura before the game, and he said, hey, you get this kind of pitching matchup, and you've just got to kind of fight and claw and scratch. This one changed very quickly. I know you've had success against Verlander before, but what were you guys seeing today? Uh, we just said we wanted to be aggressive on the fastball. Um, you know, he, he likes his fastball. Um, you know, he runs it up there pretty pretty good, and um, that was our game plan, really. And, um, we get, you know, when we got good pitches to hit, um, we, made them, we made them pay. Going to see a lot of good pitching in the next few days. What do you want to take from this one? Um, we just you know take this win for what it's worth. It was a nice win. Verlander is a um, unbelievable pitcher, um, but we you know we still got our work cut out for us against uh, Garrett Cole and Charlie Morton and, and, and Dallas Keuchel. You know it's going to be a, a tough weekend. One down and a good one, a fun one. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. So there it is, Denard Span. Really great conversation there. And now how about another conversation? Shannon Dreyer with Gene Segura. Gene, I like going to you because when things are good, you tell us what's going on, and when things aren't as good, you tell us what's going on. So you've got a tough series ahead of you right now. What do you guys focus on going into a game like tonight? I mean, play good ball. I mean, we don't care about if we win, if we lose. You know, it's part of the process. We're going to face a really good team. They got a couple of really good guys out. But at the same point, you need to go there, you know, compete, play some, you know, some discipline game, play hard, play the best you can. And the win and loss is going to take care of itself. And at the end of the day, if you play a real ball game, a team that wins is going to dictate who's played better game than a win no matter what. The beauty of it is, is there's a game the next day. You have that game today. What's your focus going in today? Our focus in today, you know, we face all three games, we got all four games, we're going to face a really good pitching. We just, you know, go out there and do the best we can, uh, battle. Uh, don't give it up and, you know, play hard, run hard, uh, defensive ways. I mean, do those little things because in the end of the game, uh, I think the, the, you're going to beat the type of pitches like that when you do the little thing. Uh, when you build an innings, you know, with a small, you know, with little team in the cans. And that's that's the way you be a really good pitching. You're not going to go there and you're going to score nine, eight runs, seven runs. Again, pitches like this, you know, they got the best rotation in the, in, in the baseball right now. And to be those kind of guys, you need to build innings. You need to, you know, those, do the little team, win a pitch, win a, you know, uh, win a battle, take a walk, you know, those little teams, that, how would I get to the next base? It's just to pitch into dirt, about to the next way, you know, burning the guy over, moving over, you know, that type of that type of situation, that type of little team does uh, help you to to win that type of pitching that they have right now. Doesn't help to have a guy like Paxton on the hill too. I mean, absolutely, they know what Paxton can do against the Angels. You know, you, I think there's a lot of time when Paxton pitching today, they know who, what type of pitches Paxton is and. And it's not going to be easy for them, too. And it's not going to be easy for us, too. So, like I said, like I mentioned, you know, like when there's really good guys in the mouth, mm-hmm. you need to take advantage of you know, the little mistake that they make uh, to beat it up because that's, that's, that's why they're good. That's why they they one of the best in the game. Or that's why they, they've been pitching really good because, you know, they are really good pitching. So if you, you want to be some really good pitching, you need to do the best you can and, and play the, small, the most games. Like, right. A couple months ago you said, hey, it's not easy being a hitting machine. And I think we've seen you go through your first little struggle this year. What are you battling through right now? I mean, 
it's not easy to play short shorts, especially every day in the big league, you know. You know I mean, this last year, uh, I spent a little bit of time with the injuries. I think I missed almost like 30 games, something like that. Mm-hmm. And this year, I missed it all, you know. That's I'm here for, to play every day, you know, on the end of the day. I mean, we're human. We all, you know, get to struggling. That's why when I tell you before, I don't want to people that come in the hitting machine because when you get to struggling that's when people you know start oh what happened what's going on and you know you know everybody know we play in Seattle we fly out you know mm-hmm. farther than every in any anything right. in baseball and you know I don't want to pull out one that's excuse but at the end of the day it, it gets you it gets you your body drags us a little bit your shoulders like everything because you play a premium position every day, night in, night out. You know, I mean, the last two games in Texas, it was really hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, we came to Texas after the day game in Seattle, fly out almost four hours, and, and, and you know, it's, it's a dry. It's, it's a dry. Real. I mean, it's real. I mean, it's dry. And, and at the end of the day, I, I know a lot of people know it. Uh, it's not easy to be out there to play shortstop and play the type of game that I always play is make you more difficult. So good to get that day off the other day. I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's good to get that day off too, to get driving. And I feel like we really need it. So <laughs> I was, you know, kind of dead. But, you know, that day off helped me a little bit, get my momentum going. And, you know, you can definitely see the difference, you know. I'm still, you know, struggling a little bit with my hitting wide, but, you know, I score twice, I drive two guys home, you know, I take a walk, uh, and, you know, it was kind of different guy that I was tonight before. <laughs> you need to take some Nelson Cruz naps. Absolutely, I always take it, but, you know, <laughs> Nellis, he's at the age, he always there, you know, to hit, he can take his time, but, you know, you myself, <laughs> yeah, myself, I had to go out there and play deep and run in a place, steal some back, and, you know, it's, it's going to different kind of story but at the end of the day we all hear the work we'll hear the win we hear the you know to continue and do the best we can to to move on we had a chance too to sit down with astros broadcaster steve sparks talked a little bit about the matchup yesterday paxton and verlander but he always has some great insights talking about the houston astros in this very big four game series against the mariners Aaron Golds with alongside Rick Riz, Gary Hill, and Steve Sparks, one of our absolute favorites coming Hello. over from the radio's booth. Hi, Price. The Astros radio booth. We mean that, Sparky. It's good to have really? you. Really? Yeah, it's, it's good to be here. I always enjoy catching up with you guys, and when Blowers is in, in the mix, when he kind of beats us down, <laughs> like less of a person. Oh, that's why I love it. It's always I fun. love yeah. it. I know. I always feel better about myself because of that beating <laughs> from Blowers. Hey, we are really pumped this pitching matchup. James Paxton, oh, yeah. Justin Verlander. Sparky, as a former big league pitcher, when you see this type of pitching matchup, what do you think about? Well, I get really excited. You know, it's really fun to watch two pitchers at the top of their games, probably in the primes of their career. And it's kind of funny to think that Verlander might be in the prime of his career. He turns 36 this offseason, but he's pitching as well as he ever has right now. And he's figured some things out to, to help him pitch longer and deeper into the ball games. And he executes. You know, he executes his pitches probably better than anybody in the league right now. And we know Paxton. The Astros know Paxton. Uh, he's beat them all three times this year alone. I think that's the only three that the Mariners have beaten the Astros. And uh, he's given them fits every time he faces them. So they know they've got their work cut out for them, maybe scratch and claw uh, a run or two out. 
whichever side uh, blinks late in the ball game. And you guys usually don't blink very often when, when Diaz comes into the ball game. But uh, this should be a great one. He came over in the trade from Detroit right at the very end. I mean, seconds from the real trade deadline at the end of August last year, 5-0 and during the regular season, incredible during the postseason. Mm -hmm. How much did you think that that was actually going to happen? How much did you hear that maybe it was going to be Verlander to join your ball club at that point? Yeah, it's not fair to the Tigers to say that the Astros did something to make him into what he's been since he's been a Houston Astro because for the first or the previous six weeks as a Tiger, he was really starting to figure things out. And if you look at those numbers, they were phenomenal. Uh, but when he came over, he also tweaked some things. And I watched him tweak a couple of things uh, during spring training where he, he was able to maximize his four-seam spin rate to the, to the perfect degree. I mean, he was tweaking, you know, every other pitch, looking at an iPad where he's going to get his hand in a position where he could be perfectly 12 o'clock with his fingers on that four-seam fastball. And it's, it's phenomenal. He comes at, at hitters with that fastball over and over and over again and you get scouting reports saying this guy's a good fastball hitter he doesn't care he puts it in a zone where he can't hit it you mentioned Paxton against Houston uh -huh. we've seen it the last couple of years he's been so good against the Astros and your view in watching Paxton against your team what has been the difference what has made him so good I think it's the high fastball mm. you know in in previous years we didn't see him utilize that pitch as much and if you throw it in the perfect spot like it, he seems to do where it's maybe stomach high, you know, maybe a little bit higher than that, and he rushes it as, as fast as he does. It's impossible to catch up, but it still looks so tempting. Uh, he's so tall in, in the leverage and in the, the arm slot and things like that make it tough to pick the baseball up. And when you just get a glimpse of it and it looks good up there and you feel like you can catch up to it, nobody ever does, <laughs> and especially the Astros. What is it? Two earned runs and 20 and a third innings pitched mm -hmm. against the Astros this year. He's been dominant. And if I'm the coaching staff, the, the hitting coaches for the Astros, I'm just going to remind my players, lay off anything above the belt, if you can. And I think it's easier said than done. Steve Sparks, former Major League pitcher and analyst on radio for the Astros, is our guest here on the Emerald Queen Casino Roundtable. Sparky, you and the Astros were just in La La Land. You were just at Dodger Stadium mm. for a brief series against Los Angeles. That, of course, the site of your World Series victory last year. What was it like for everybody, for you and Robert, mm -hmm. your, your broadcast partner on radio, for A.J. Hinch, for everybody to be back there? Yeah, and it, all the talk was about, you know, when the Astros were last there and what was going on, and we weren't very dry, you know. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how, how else to say it. <laughs> but there was a lot of great memories that were flooded there, and the Astros uh, – were crippled, you know, injury-wise. Altuve's out of the lineup. Correa's out of the lineup. McCann, who caught every inning in the World Series, wasn't there. Springer was gone. So you're talking about trying to be tough up the middle. The Astros lost all four guys up the middle. And going in there and winning two out of three made them feel pretty good about themselves. And we've seen it all year long uh, that the pitching staff can keep your team in the game every single night. You know, they can run out a, a really one or a two-type starter out there, and it's really tough to go into a real deep, losing streak that way uh, they've done it at much differently than they did last year we thought that that offense was so relentless uh, it's not the same this year and obviously when they get some of their guys back they'll feel much better about themselves but it's been the pitching staff including the bullpen that's been nails you mentioned uh, the injuries but here you are at 73 and 42 a better record at this point in the year yeah it's crazy than last year and with all those guys on the DL Correa is going to be coming back tomorrow and Altuve Davinsky and now Springer, and but you mentioned the starting pitching, but uh, how you've been able to hang in there offensively with, with the, all those guys you out know right what? now. Rick, late in the games, it seems like there's a different 
player on this team depth-wise. Yeah. It's coming through. Uh, last game, case in point, against San Francisco, it was Tyler White off of a 100-mile-per-hour fastball from a kid out of the bullpen yeah. with San Francisco to win it. It just seems like they do a good job developing players. They have depth in the minor leagues. And to be able to withstand some of these injuries, they worked on it really hard during spring training. They moved Yuli Gurriel from third to short to second, moving a lot of different players around in case they came up with something uh, like th what they've fallen into this year. So um, it's different guys stepping up. And I think their AAA team, their record is great, and that usually doesn't or doesn't always translate into what guys are like when they get here. But one thing I've seen with Astros position players is they usually come to the big leagues better prepared as far as their strike zone knowledge. And I think that's something they concentrate on most at the upper levels or even the lower levels in the minor leagues is get guys to swing at strikes. It sounds simple, but it's yeah. usually not the case when they get to the major leagues. The rotation is so ridiculous when you look at the numbers and everything. If you had to pick a Cy Young Award winner from the Houston Astros mm. rotation, who would be your selection? <laughs> I think it has to be Verlander, I guess. Yeah. You know, but it's very difficult, as you, it, as you would imagine. I think my favorite pitcher to watch on the team is Morton, mm. but I think probably the, the one pitcher I'd hate to face maybe more so is, is Garrett Cole. So, I mean, you have one, two, three, <laughs> guys, like, three guys. Right, I, can't, yes. I can't lose. But Verlander, I think if I'm – if I'm in a must-win game or I'm in a wild-card game, Justin Verlander is going to be my guy nine times out of ten.